Where'd you find this? Greg is here, Super Bowl episode. Ladies night. Ladies night. One year anniversary, ladies night. This is 119 or 120? 119. Where's 19? Okay. We've got we've got two anniversaries today. We've got Ryan's robot anniversary. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. It's the day I physically got in the accident, not the day of my robot surgery, but <laughs> uh my robot surgery is Valentine's Day. I'll always remember that. Ryan is one year off fentanyl. That's right. Con- I'm congrats. recovering. <laughs> yeah. Um and then this is one year since Shane joined. Woo. Yeah. yeah. And now it, oh, you yeah. know, we well, Ryan and I before Ryan's accident, we're like, we need to find someone who's really into Miles Sanders. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. <laughs> and there he was. Even though I gotta say, like watching Spencer Rattler tape this week, it's like, man, Shane was so right about Marvin Mims. It's insane. Yeah, fuck you, Sean Payton. Yeah, fuck Sean Payton. I was telling Tony earlier, one of the reasons uh I remembered the accident and the days of that is because I was watching this golf tournament last year. Tiger Woods hosts his uh, tournament uh, in at one of the LA country clubs up by Ushane, and he's hosting it next weekend. And I just remember after my surgery, that's all I had to watch. I was like 9 a.m. <laughs> on a Thursday, and I'm like, I'm just going to watch this entire golf tournament because I was just on pills and all zonked out. I was two days removed after the surgery and I watched it. My parents must've thought I was crazy. It was like from 9am in the morning till like seven at night. Uh, just watching all these guys who they have no idea who they are except for Tiger Woods. And while we were talking about golf, cause uh, DraftKings is still going through a thing right now where they uh, didn't pay out some bets uh, last week. Big, big to do in the gambling world. They changed some rule. Well, here here's what happened. The um they were playing the Pebble Beach Pro Am and the wind conditions on the final day of the tournament on Sunday were like fifty mile an hour winds and uh it was raining. So they postponed the tournament like they were gonna finish it up on Monday. Now I, I don't remember a PGA tour event and I've been watching them for years that's ever just been straight up canceled after three rounds and they just declare the winners. So what happened was they, cause they'll, they'll always finish it on like a Monday, you know, cause then they'll still have three days till the following tournament starts. And so a bunch of these betters before the round ended on, um, on Saturday night in anticipation that they might cancel this and this might be the final round, put in a whole bunch of parlays on, the positions of where these guys were. And if you did that before, you know, the round ended FanDuel and all the other sports books honored those bets. And some guys were getting like plus 10,000, 12,000 odds because they knew the positions where everyone was going to be. And they were just like, block them in. If it ends, I'm going to have this right. And so DraftKings changed some rule of theirs at the last minute. So there's a little big to do in DraftKings right now. They didn't pay out any of those bets that people did like that. Um, obviously, if you place the bet after the round was over, those bets were void. But if you did it like five minutes before the tournament ended, um, 
FanDuel and all the other sports books paid you out. So they lost a lot of money this weekend on golf, but DraftKings hasn't. Yeah. You know what that's like? That's like when, like, okay, I've been paying car insurance for 15 years and I get in one accident and they do everything they can to be like, yeah, sorry, we can't help you with that. Right. Like, yeah. Like, let me get one over on you. Like, that oh, should good. be. Yeah. Right. How, how many right. millions of dollars are you going to pump into the Super Bowl this week to watch your stupid right. ad to gamble, right? Like, people should be rewarded for gaming the system because guess how many people right. get gamed by the system, right? It's like a 10 oh, Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had to hire I had to hire a lawyer after my accident because I couldn't navigate the insurance world. It was so crazy. And of course, then they're not since you're doing it, they they uh, aren't exactly the most honest with you about yeah. like, oh, my lawyer, my lawyer got me an extra um, lot of money because <laughs> of something I would have never gotten if if I would have just deal with the insurance companies myself. They would have just not even told me about that. The best you know? is when your insurance you get in an accident with another person who has the same insurance and they're like, well, we're just not going to pay either of you out. Yeah. Right. I, this is, I, I don't know if uh pro golf drama or insurance talk is more riveting. <laughs> um, I forgot guys. Sorry. I'm so sorry for the side tangent. This is the Super Bowl episode. <laughs> Let's talk about the Super Bowl. This is definitely the Super Bowl of all insurance scams. Hey, we're getting you the Patrick Price, all right? Oh, God. Oh, God. I have so many issues with the Geico commercials with the caveman. Why would we want to support a company that treats its employees like shit? Anyways, um, yeah, so who wants to start? Well, Ryan. Ryan always uh, starts, right? Always. Sure. Um, so I have a guy this week I wanted to talk about, a former quarterback in the NFL. Um, I had never heard of him before this, but he played with Detroit for a while. Bill Munson. Um, he is from the city that would be taking a trip uh, later. Um, so he was born in blank um, <laughs> and went to the <laughs> went to the high school in blank. Um, he did go. He was a Utah State Aggie. Um, he broke a bunch of passing records there. Um, yeah, they went. Yeah, as an Aggie, he had 1,699 yards, 12 touchdowns, and three interceptions. Sorry, that was um, that was the year that they went eight and two. That was his senior year. Um, uh, he, like I said, he played for Detroit for like seven or eight years, um, and was always competing for a starting job because. Uh, this was in yeah 68 uh munson was traded uh by the rams to detroit lions um with a third round draft pick in exchange for pat studstill tom watkins milt plum i love that name nice uh and detroit's first round draft pick in the 69 draft um but for the next eight years, Munson completed for the Lions starting quarterback job with Greg Landry, who the Lions had selected in their with their first round pick in the 68 NFL draft. Okay. Um, he ended up starting, let's see. Like, so he would he would like throughout his career, he would never he never had a season where he started every game. He was starting like nine, ten games uh a season, and then they would I guess the lines were just pretty underwhelming where they didn't have to really 
worry about, you know. Detroit? No. Um, yeah. It all works out in the end for him. Yeah. In, in fact, in 1972, Landry and Munson, um, they shared responsibilities again. Uh, each started seven games. Lines were just like, screw it. It would just go half and half. Fives. Yep. <laughs> then in 74, Landry was injured uh, in a preseason game, and Munson started 11 of those 14 games for the Lions. He had, <laughs> wow, these are pretty bad. 1,874 <laughs> yards. <laughs> Eight touchdowns, seven interceptions. That was his season, uh, <laughs> starting 12, 12 or eleven of fourteen games. That's bad. Yeah, very underwhelming quarterback. So yeah, he played for five teams. He had a long career, sixteen years. He retired in seventy nine. Uh, he appeared in one hundred and seven games, um, sixty six of them as a starting quarterback. Yeah, his teams were twenty seven, thirty four, and five when he started. He completed nineteen or one thousand seventy passes um, for twelve thousand eight hundred ninety six yards, eighty four touchdowns, and eighty interceptions. He also accumulated five hundred and forty eight rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns on one hundred and thirty carries. Sadly, uh, he died when he was only fifty eight years old. It says nothing more than that his body was found in the swimming pool. Of his own home. Damn. Um, he lived in Detroit uh, for a while after returning, uh, retiring from football, but returned to the city to be named later, um, <laughs> where he ultimately passed. Um, so that's Bill Munson, uh, mediocre, underwhelming quarterback from the <laughs> NFL in the 1960s and 70s. I I love the like vibes based. This we're gonna go with this quarterback, and then like eleven of fourteen games, they're like, you know what? Let's kick the tires. Let's see what else we got. This Munson, right. he's not yeah. It. Well, no, remember Landry got hurt, so they they were forced right. to start. Right. Yeah. All right, uh, Shane, what do you got? So I got an oldie this week, an oldie who wasn't really seen as anything and went against the norms of the time to be a pioneer of the game. We're going into the way, way back machine talk about Richard Stewart Cutter King, or better known as Dick King. Let's go. Whoa. Let's go. So being a short king at 5'8", 175, in 1912, King enrolled at Harvard. He wasn't the traditional athlete and kind of did it the hard way as he was basically seen as nothing as he failed to make the team his first two years in Harvard and ultimately also being rejected by the baseball team, which when you think about like the sample size is really bad with like how many people yeah. actually were able to play sports. Uh-huh. Um, so he was also actually against the grain at the time too, because when he was in Harvard, he had a wife and two kids under the age of two. Dick King, man. Yeah, man. Slinging it. Yeah. It's not and... just a clever name. <laughs> In 1914, King made varsity but saw little playing time as he was basically a rotational piece and didn't start a game until his senior year. In one game against the in the Princeton Panthers, due to a, due to being a decoy, he scored the only gate touchdown in the game on a 30-yard run, winning the game for the Harvard. Winning, nice. Uh, what's, Har- what's Harvard's mascot? Aren't they like the Red or something? Uh, the, the nerds, like <laughs> the Fighting Textbooks. <laughs> I think so. So one report came out that Dick King, once the lowliest of scrubs, now stands full flush at the entrance of the Harvard Gallery of Big Football Heroes. 
And since we're in the primordial era of football, one person decided if King should be named second team All-American, Chicago football expert Walter Eckersall. Um, Harvard is the crimson. Oh, okay. Well, you're close. Red is crimson, right? Same thing. I know. Well, that's, yeah. The Alkaline, Alkaline Trio named their album after, notably, uh, Harvard's nickname. Um. No, I'm so showing. At, I'm I'm showing here that the Harvard mascot is John Harvard the Pilgrim. Well, that's the <laughs> that's the mascot, not the nickname. Oh, okay. It's an Ivy League thing. Wouldn't Sorry, understand. Shane. I would get. No, you're all good. <laughs> um, so after college, there really wasn't uh, much of the ability to play for professional sports. So into the college of. Or sorry, went to coach at the University of Wisconsin, being named one of the most important coaches of that time. So as we always say on here, during this era, people would play ball and work a normal-ass job. So after one year at Wisconsin, he was offered a position in South America to be an engineer at a mining factory. Cool. So there is a wrinkle that occurred um, as before he was shipped off to the mines because King signed with the Pine, Val- the Pine Village team, which I think we should cover at a later date because they're like one of their very first professional football teams. Okay. So he was hired to be a player and a coach, being the highest paid person on the team. So even though football was kicking off professionally this time period, it was kind of seen as less than, as college college stars or people from bigger schools would actually end up using aliases to hide their identities, or it was kind of a churning ground for the unknowns, because it was kind of, for some reason, shameful to continue, like, your sport athlete and not, like, entering the real world at the time. Right. Um, it It was really popular in Ohio and Indiana at the time. Makes sense. So, so even though it was looked down upon, it was still sold as a product, kind of hyping it up as like this spectacle. Um, players were hyped into oblivion, and it was basically to bring more ticket sales in. So as time progressed, King would play for other teams within the circuit, such as the Hammond Pros, the rivals of the Pine Valley team, the Milwaukee Badgers, the Rochester Jeffersons, and the St. Louis All-Stars. Sick. So so during his tenure in 1919 of the Hammond Pros, the team fielded a, a payroll of $20,000 for just 11 players, which is the equivalent today of just over $370,000. So it's not, it's not a lot in the comparison of modern day because it's like $33,000 per player. But at the time, it was record-breaking and it held the streak for a really long time. Um, and also King went against the grain at this time because he was also a D4C, marrying his second wife, who actually was divorced twice, which was a really big controversy at the time. Sure. So after retirement, King would end up passing away in Columbia from pneumonia, where he was a sales rep for the Gillette Shaving Company. (laughs) You know, he (laughs) died making the world a better place. Dick King. Shaving that Dick King. Oh, man. That was good. I like that. Um, All right, so I'm going to go. And I'm sticking with the Super Bowl theme, but I'm not going to focus on a player. So I'm going to do one of my favorite types of segments to do. We're going down a list. We're going to talk about some of the coolest Super Bowl records of all time. Let's go. Oh, hell yeah. All right. Here we go. We're going to start with the fact that, did you know, three players have lost five Super Bowls? Listen to this. Not only five. Only five or only three players have lost five Super Bowls. But all of them lost their original four with Buffalo. So not Tom Brady? No, Tom Brady's not lost five Super Bowls. Well, um, I know he's won seven, but I figured he was in probably like 12 if he won seven of them. No, he, I think he only lost like Did, three or two. 
Um, okay. So, anyways, uh, backup quarterback Gail Gilbert actually lost five in a row because he went to San Diego and they lost the next year. You know what, man? Oh. It's just not for you. Yep. Sorry. Uh, Tom Brady, though, by the way, is the only player to win a Super Bowl in three decades. Dude, is that Angio Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay, so the Bears-Colts Super Bowl was the closest matchup in terms of team's geographic location. Uh, 164 miles between the cities. It's a good That's one. That's convenient. Okay. Right? Ray Lewis has the record for the longest time between Super Bowl wins with 12 years. Where was he in those 12 years? <laughs> um, four players have won a Super Bowl and then the next year won the Super Bowl with a new team by beating the team they were on le- the year before. That's sick. Uh, Brandon Browner, Chris Long, LeGarrette Blunt, and LaShawn McCoy. Okay. LaShawn McCoy was uh, it was Tampa Bay and Kansas City. Go figure, right? Um, all right, so Jim Plunkett, Raiders quarterback, has 46 attempts over two Super Bowl games with no interceptions, which pales in comparison to Joe Montana, who threw zero interceptions with 122 attempts over four games. Wow. Holy crap. Uh, Bob Greasy won a Super Bowl with Miami beating the Vikings. He set the record for fewest attempts by a winning quarterback in a Super Bowl with seven. Of course, it's Bob Greasy. His final stat line was six completions on seven attempts for 73 yards, and he won a Super Bowl. Brock Purdy shit. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Tampa Bay uh, safety Dwight Smith had two pick sixes in the same game. And Derek, Derek Brooks added a third in that game, and that Bucks defense had 172 combined interception return yards in the Super Bowl. Yeah. See, do you do you think those players like wonder if that's like the apex, right? Because in my brain, like I'm never topping this shit. Yeah, I think like after like the you know the fireworks die down, you're like we could do this shit again. But in that moment, you're just like, yep. It never gets better yeah, than this. You're never going to attain that level of adrenaline in your life. Right. Um, the longest punt return in Super Bowl history is belongs to Kadarius Tony. Woohoo! He's going to touch. He's <laughs> going to touchdown this week. It's a Kadarius oh, touch. Kadarius Tony touchdown week. I totally. I'm so in on that. No um, way. All right. No, the, the Chiefs are going to lose because Kadarius Tony couldn't catch the last ball <laughs> that would have caught them a touchdown or something. I hope that happens. No, he's going to take like a direct snap or some shit. Oh, no. All right. So since the goalposts were moved from the front of the end zone to the back, this record can never be broken. But two dudes, a guy by the name of Jim Turner and a guy by the name of Mike Clark, are tied with the shortest field goal in Super Bowl history with a kick of nine yards. Nine yards. That had to Nine. be the game winner, right? Like, otherwise, why are you doing that? <laughs> right? Um, well, you know what? If you went for it on fourth down in the 1960s, they called you a communist. That's true. <laughs> um, so the Ravens are the only team in Super Bowl history to run a fake field goal. Yeah, they were unsuccessful. Justin Tucker was tackled one yard short against San Francisco in 2013. Wow. Um. The New England Patriots only managed seven rushing yards in their loss to the Bears in 1986. They didn't have a lot of yards on that game. <laughs> nope. So uh, we're going to end with a couple of things called non-occurrences, which is something that was kindly added to the Wikipedia page that I thought worth mentioning. 
We've never had snow. There have been 11 wildcard teams that have won their conferences, but we've never had an all wildcard team Super Bowl. Really? Yep. We've had three blocked punts that have resulted in touchdowns, but there is yet to be a punt return score in the Super Bowl. Right. And last yeah. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Because Hester's was kickoff. Yeah. Correct. That was the first play of the game. Yeah. And last but not least, we've never had a shutout. Really? I mean, that shouldn't be super surprising. Otherwise, the league sucks that year. Right. Or no, that was a, was that a, the regular season game that was like seventy-two to nothing? That wasn't the Super Bowl. Yeah. That well, that was an NFL championship. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that was Dolphins versus uh, uh, Broncos. Was it? Wasn't no, it? No, this year. I'm I'm memeing. Oh, oh my God! I was I, my brain just completely. I'm making. Fr- <laughs> I it took me a long time to get to the joke, so I think I by proxy fried your brain as well. I just got complete. I just went to another dimension. <laughs> um, the I, I do know though the most recent game that where a team did not score a touchdown was Kansas City when they lost to Tampa Bay. Scored nine points, three field goals. Finally, a quiz, my friends. Can you name the four teams that have never even made it to the Super Bowl one time? Uh, Detroit. That is one of them. Um, Jacksonville? That is two. Yep. Texans. No, I don't want to say Texans because that's. I feel like I'm being trapped no, there. I think it is the Texans. I don't think they've been to the Super Bowl. Texans are three. I think the Titans made it, but I want to say the Titans. They, the Titans they made, it, made it. They were the Oilers. Yeah. No, the Titan. The Titans yeah. made it and lost to Kurt Warner. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Nineteen ninety-nine or two thousand, right? Yep. Something like that. The Browns. Yeah, Cleveland's the fourth team that's never made it to the oh, Super Bowl. And, that's right. And there's eight teams that have never lost a Super Bowl. Who are the four? The four you just mentioned and Tampa Bay. The New York Jets are one and zero. The Saints are one and zero, and Baltimore is has never lost the Super Bowl. The Jets. When did the Jets win the Super Bowl? The most Joe Namath, eighteen forty six. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pre Civil War. <laughs> what? Let's see. That was. Uh... Did, did you see that the owner of the Jets was like, "We lost this year because we didn't have a backup quarterback," and I'm like, "Man, yes. what an asshole!" Yes. Yeah, like can't the fact that uh, like he sucks be enough? Yeah, like and then you paid to bring in Aaron Rodgers' lackey, and you can't even admit that that guy was a backup quarterback too. Like embarrassing yep. franchise. So the the Jets won Super Bowl three. Yeah, with Joe and, Namath. Yeah, and Namath only completed forty nine point two percent of his passes that year, and he threw seventeen interceptions. On MVP. the year two, and only had like thirty one hundred <laughs> passing yards, but he had great hair. Uh, that's true. So yeah, it was a while ago. I was like, the Jets. What the hell did they? Uh, I guess it's true. They used to be good at one point. Yes. Well, for a year. Um. All right. right. So so Ryan has some props, and we are going to go head to head to head here. Yeah, guys, we're going to go inside your heads this week and f- feel out how uh, you guys are feeling about some of these things with going on in the Super Bowl and some predictions, all right? I'll Let's keep track. I'm going pure vibes. All right. I, I already filled out my sheet uh, earlier in the week, 
So um, once you guys go, I'll tell you what I picked, um, and I'll write a T or an S next to whichever one you guys, and I'll we'll keep track and we can go over it next week. All right. All right, let's party. All right. So there's only two like stupid stupid props on here, and we'll get those out right of the way. So how long will be the national anthem over? Or uh, the line is at eighty-seven and a half seconds. Will be over or under? Who's singing it? I can't remember. Uh, is it a country star? It's gonna be a uh, Toby Keith. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was scheduled, oh, wasn't he? Re- Reba McIntyre. Under. What a choice! What a weird like. Reba's an under gal. I'm telling you. Yeah, right, she's so, getting, she's getting in and she's getting out. Yep. All right, so you both you both are on the under. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, the other one. Let's do the color of the Gatorade at the end of the game. Uh, your choices are water, clear, or orange, and any other color. I'm going any other color. I'm going clear. Okay, Shane's on clear. I uh, went with any other color, as will Tony. I'm betting on green. It's like roulette. <laughs> I'm surprised red wasn't an option. Yeah, right? I, I was gang, surprised gang that it was water and clear. I thought it would be like red, orange, and any other color. Right. Yellow. Oh, yeah, you're yeah. right. Uh, all right, so coin toss. What do you guys think it's going to be? Tails. I'm going heads. I went Tails. Shane's on heads, Tony's on tails. Uh, who's going to win the game? Or no, we'll save we'll save that one for last because Tony has something to talk about. Uh, how about um, the game total over or under forty seven and a half? Uh, I think under. I am also on the under. I went over. I you guys are be, smarter than me. I think it's gonna be like twenty one seventeen. Yeah, it's yeah. All right, so the first offensive play of the game, will it be a run or a pass? It's a run. I'm going to go with pass. KC's going to win. Right. They're going to defer, and they're handing that bitch off to CMC. I, I also went with run, so Shane's on run and Tony's on pass. I don't think it's going to be a punt like that game that I talked about a handful <laughs> of episodes. Game. So... I think we'll be safe. Uh, will there be a score in the first... The first six minutes and 59 seconds of the game. Yes. No. All right. I went yes as well. So me and Shane are on yes. Tony's on no. How about the team to score first, guys? I think it's Frisco. I'm also going with San Francisco. All right. I went with the Chiefs. You guys are both on Frisco. I like this kind of gambling. This is this feeling should yeah. feel good because it's only 50 50. <laughs> right, right, right. The jersey number of the first touchdown scorer will it be odd or even? I'm going odd. Odd. I also went with odd because a lot of the big play guys have odd jerseys. Uh, Kittle's 85, McCaffrey's 23, Kelsey's 87, Mahomes is 15, Purdy's 13, Debo's 19, Ayuk's 11. That's right. Yes, we're all on odd. And now it'll be Kyle Juszczyk, number 44. I was going to fucking say that, dude. Like, hey, listen, we know your wife just made us millions of dollars. We're going to give you the ball. 
or or Ross Dwelly. It's gonna be Sky Moore. Oh no. Yeah, he's playing. Um, all right, guys. The first accepted penalty will be against which team? Kansas City. Yeah. All right. I also went with the Chiefs, so we are all on the Chiefs. False start. Uh, what do you mean the worst lineman in the team or the the league is on their team? Yep. (laughs) Shocking. Wait, didn't it was weird when we did our team previews? I remember someone saying. Hey, they got this guy from Jacksonville, and he actually blows. Yeah, and then you said another guy was on that another team, and he blows too. Yeah, and then was... their then their best lineman's out for the week. Oops. Yep. Right. Uh, will there be a score in the final two minutes of the first half? Yeah or nay? No. Yes. So Shane, I went no. So Shane's on no, and Tony's on yes. Will a team score three consecutive times, not including uh, PATs? No. Yeah, I'm going to say no. If I'm going with, I got to stick with the logic. I went with yes. So you guys are both on no. Let's go with passing yards for Mahomes and and, uh, Purdy. So let's start with Purdy. Will Purdy throw over 248 and a half yards? No. No. Right, we're all on the under. Will Mahomes throw for over 260 and a half yards? Yes, no. All right, I also said yes. So, me and Shane are on over, Tony's on under. Um, total receiving yards for George Kittle over or under 48 and a half? Under, yeah. All right, I went over. You guys both took the under. Total receiving yards for Kelsey. Uh, I have it on here at 70 and a half. I followed Tony's gambling sicko parlay, so I'm going over. Over, baby. Travis Kelsey, 30% target share this playoff run. Yep, so we're all on the over. It's a Taylor Swift phenomenon. Right. Length of the longest field goal, uh, over or under 46 and a half yards. Over. Over. Yeah, we're all on the over. Team with the longest successful field goal, 49ers or Chiefs? Chiefs. Chiefs. Yep, that's that they got the better kicker. Moody's probably gonna blow it. Yeah, you mean that third rounder? <laughs> 99th <laughs> overall. Um, how about guys? How about the length of the longest touchdown play? It will be over or under 44 and a half. Under, uh, under, okay. I went over, so you guys are both on the under, I'm on the over. Um, and the team with that longest touchdown, KC San Francisco. Okay, I went 49ers, so Shane is on the Chiefs. Brendan Ayuk, 70 yarder incoming, D- Debo, please. <laughs> How about total quarterback sacks uh, over or under four and a half? Under. Yeah. Under. Okay. I went over. So you guys are both on the under. Um, total turnovers over or under two and a half? Under. Yeah. I also two, went under. Two Brock Purdy picks. So we're there'll all be two on turnovers. Under. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think there'll be three. 
How about number of challenges initiated by coaches uh, over or under one and a half? Under. Under. I went over because I think there's going to be some crazy plays. So you guys are both on the under one and a half, correct? Yep. Correct. Um, will there be a missed uh, extra point? This can be a, a PAT or a two-point conversion. No. Yes. R.I.P. Right. Jake Moody. I I went with yes too. So Tony or Shane's on no, and me and Tony are on yes. And then the last one, guys, the position of the Super Bowl MVP will it be a quarterback or any other position? Any other position. Any other position. That's also one I went with. We are all on the same thing. And the MVP will be Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, so that we gotta we gotta do our pick our, our last one. We have to do twenty five. We have to call our winner, right? Oh yeah, the, we, got, we I saved the, the winner of the game. So yeah, Tony wanted to talk about his his winner, who he feels is going to win. Why would you bet against Patrick Mahomes? I'm sorry. Have you seen that defense? And and like. Yeah, it's that they have the better defense and the better quarterback. Everything else is irrelevant. They have, they're going to win. I don't want them to win. They're going to win. I think we win as fans, though, because if KC wins, every, this is your talking point, Tony, every red ass American adult male is going to be mad because Taylor Swift's going to be in the media. Um, And if Kansas City loses, then all the Swifties are going to, go psychotic and get really into football next year to prove that they know what they're talking about. Well, what if Kelsey retires? Then Swift will never be at any games ever again. They'll do... Or or they'll just pay her to show up at the random stadiums throughout the year. I mean, they're trying to get that Super Bowl halftime show, so they're going to they're gonna make it happen. I don't think... I don't see That's why he'd true. retire. I, I, I mean, I think he wins MVP. I hate to say it. I think Kansas City wins. I'm I'm here for it. I'd love to see that. So a good, like, watching a good tight end play in the Super Bowl, like a tight end that can catch for over 100 yards. Hell yeah, I'm all for that. I, I got Legereus Sneed as MVP. I love that. Damn. I love that. I, I mean, it's, here's the thing, like, as much as my heart wanted to see Baltimore and Detroit play in the Super Bowl, this is objectively the two teams that are most likely to best deliver you a great game. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Like Mahomes playing from behind is always fun. Right. And, and the 49ers have just so much talent, so much goddamn talent. It's going to be a good game. I'm so excited to watch it. Yeah. So, Uh, so wait, so does that, does Shane, does that mean you're on the chiefs too? Yeah. Okay. So we're all on the Chiefs. Wow. We're all taking the underdog. Well, <laughs> last year when Ryan so was should... in a when Ryan was in a painkiller coma, and uh, me and Walid went over to his house with Katie to watch the game. Kansas City was down ten at halftime, and I got like yeah. plus three thirty, and I'm like, I'm betting on Kansas City. Why are you not betting on Patrick Mahomes? If you can get plus three thirty odds for Patrick Mahomes to win a football game. I really don't care yeah, what the situation right. is. 
I think so, that might be what my big bet is. Maybe just the because right now I think it's at plus one ten for Chiefs. They're just the slight underdog. Uh, spread's still at two and a half. I think I'm gonna. I think that might be it. I'll make my decision tomorrow. Decision. So that was fun. Um, yeah. So I got I got all these uh, ticked off, and we can go over it uh, next week. See how the results turned out. The winner gets Ryan to buy them breakfast. <laughs> yes, the wi- uh, the winner or the loser buys breakfast. This is the breakfast invitational. <laughs> breakfast club. <laughs> don't um, don't you forget about me. Never. Uh, filmed in the Chicago Land Burbs. So yeah, let's talk a little bit of quarterback scouting because I'm done. I'm, me too. I've done <laughs> I've done my ten quarterbacks. I never want to talk about them ever again. <laughs> um, I want to never ever think about it. But let's let's run through it. We still have to discuss. Let's talk. Bo Nix, Spencer Radler, Michael Pratt, Joe Milton the third, and Jordan Travis. Shane, what what do you want to start with? Uh, let's go with the most exciting guy in that grouping, Jordan Travis. Yeah, you're in. Are you in? I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, let's go. He he does some dumb shit. There's not a lot of tape on him, but like there's tangibles, fantasy viability. I don't know where he's gonna go or what round he's gonna go in, but like he's definitely a player to me where he's gonna benefit as like a luxury pick and can sit for a year. Yep. I comped him to Josh Dobbs. Oh, this is the uh Florida Florida State guy. Yep. Yeah. This was before my time, but I thought Kaepernick, and then I watched Kaepernick highlights, and I was like, this is not the same player. So, Dude, dude Colin Kaepernick was so fucking good. That dude was huge. I didn't realize how fucking <laughs> giant he was. I, was. I was like, this is the jolly green giant from the green beans, man. And Yeah, and he was so... You couldn't tell that he had hit that next gear until it was too late. Oh, yeah. Every highlight was a running play, and I was like, oh, shit, this is not Jordan Travis. Nope. Um... The Jordan Travis stuff, though, like, he's risky, right? He's He's got the ACL. Um, oh, I didn't even he, know that. that. Yeah, he, he tore his ACL in, like, November. Or, no, like, December. Late. Super late. Well, I mean, that's, like, Hendon Hooker, right? Like, people still right. bought Hendon Hooker for a second. Right. So, like... Uh, he, I just said that he does some things, like, once in a while that you're like, wait, why did you just do that? That was really bad. There was like a throwaway where he's getting sacked and he just throws it like to the middle of the field line of scrimmage and it just floats like harmlessly to the ground. Or there's a screenplay that he runs and it goes right the defender. I'm like, dude, you saw him jump the route. Do not throw that ball. But I, I think that's one of those things where someone can sit and wait and like there, especially within this grouping of people outside of Bo Nix, there's some really fucking bonehead plays that I saw where I'm like, bro, what are you doing here? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed Jordan Travis. I think, like, if I have 301, I mean, I'd rather have Jordan Travis on my bench than Carson Wentz, right? I'd rather draft him than Spencer Rattler. Yep. He looks all right in some of the stuff that I got on right now against LSU. Yeah. Yeah, that was, and, that was like, his, like, game-breaking game of the year. Oh, really? Yeah, that was, like, his coming-out party. Uh, Shane and I talked about this briefly during the week and, and like, I, I don't try to double scout, but man, Keon Coleman is fucking good. 
really i i saw some moments where i was like all right i see it and other times i'm like i really got to look more because i know a lot of people have said like he's like the qj of this class of he can bust really easily sure he he popped when i was watching so i'm excited to watch his film he had some sick shots or some sick plays where like the one where like grabs it out of nowhere yeah i know exactly what you're talking about i think that was clemson i think so um, which is like interesting because I, I got to rewatch Drake May because I know he like looked like shit against Clemson and every person I scouted within this block played Clemson at least twice. I'm like, they'll look better than Drake May against, against Clemson. Hey, um, I, I did like uh, Travis would do this thing where he's running, but he turns to set his shoulders to throw. And I think it really helps when he's throwing on the run. Like he's not just winging it. Yeah. Um, sure. he's, he's got good fundamental like tendencies on the run and it sucks because like in the pocket his feet kind of suck but as soon as he starts moving and can play naturally he's he can read the field he can make that throw on the run yeah um, um i'm looking at ragey's like mocks that he's been doing with his group and jordan travis is not drafted in the top uh four rounds so of of a dynasty draft or the real life draft of a of a dynasty draft super flex so I he think could be, he could be a steal. I think Jordan Travis could go somewhere and sit for a year. And, and I mean, I don't put him in Seattle, right? You can put him anywhere. I, I, I like Jordan Travis. I hope the league likes him too. Mm. Um, so we'll see. So we could talk. Do you want to talk some Bo Nix? Cause I keep hearing Bo Nix in the first. I don't know from who. Right, who who has two sec two firsts to play with this year? Bonix sucks. He's um, fine. I don't, I don't think he's bad. I think he's just never going to return you the expectation of what you think he can be. Right, like as like a late second, I wouldn't have a problem taking him. Right, like he feels to me like um, Will Levis, where I'm like, I don't love it. I can see a potential ceiling. Yes, he's like 85 years old, but. <laughs> I think as a potential QB two in the right system, he can do really well, right? Like, I mean, I, he he's probably ends up fucking going to New England, right? They go the uh, uh, O line, oh. and they're like, all right, we'll just pick you up in the second. Is, is this the guy that you guys were saying is like a sixth year senior or whatever? Or? That was Penix. Oh, I thought I thought. Oh yeah, Penix and Knicks are the same. Yeah, I thought Knicks was the oldest. Uh, college football player in, in college football history. Yeah, he's started oh, the really? most. He's played or he's played in the most games in college football history. Yeah, and and like one of the things that I wrote down is like for a guy that's played this long, you'd think that he would have been dominant in yeah. his last year, but he was just like fine. And I think a lot of that was because of Troy Franklin. Oh, right, that dude's gonna be awesome. Yeah, holy shit! And like they're like, look at all his numbers. Look at all his numbers and. I'm watching his games and I'm like, yeah, dude, like 90% of that came on screen passes that just got taken to the house. He's a game manager ultimately. And I, there is viability and fantasy for that, right? Of like, hey, you can be my QB3 on my team that I didn't pay a lot of money for, right? Because there's a big sure. blob of dudes, especially with the turnover that we're going to see this year of quarterbacks like Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter. People are going to have empty slots in their teams now because these players have no viability anymore. So it's like, you might as well take a shot at him. But one second. Right. So he goes 202 in these drafts. And I think that's disgusting. 
I said unless he's a tremendous discount, I'm passing. I I, mean, I, I think he could be, you know, a, a backup. I said that he was the Pittsburgh version of Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. But like 202, that's an expensive pick. I mean, Penix went 207, and I would much rather have Penix, even with like the same context and him having no ligaments. Yep. Yeah, I and unless Bo Nix for some reason gets first round NFL draft capital, I'm good. It also depends on the team, right? If he gets NFL like first round draft capital, goes to like the Raiders or New England, I'm like, I'm all right. Right, like you're really banking on a guy that's old as fuck that at his best could be Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Or I comped him to Sam Howell. That's who I comped him to. Okay. Like, he's got, he's got flashes and he has a weird throwing mechanism and, but like the lows are low. Yeah. Uh, he makes really bad decisions. So uh, can we talk Michael Pratt? I just said, Michael Pratt's probably not going to get drafted. I called him um, Tyson Bajant. I said Sam Ellinger. So, um, and then, I mean, what does there really say about Joe Milton? I don't know. Do you feel he certain? Was, he was fun. I liked him. He he reminded me a lot of like freshman year Anthony Richardson of like, sure. yeah, yeah, he does one thing, but when he does one thing, it fucking rules, right? Like that dude is huge. He's like 6'5", like 260. Yep. No, he's not too he's, he's like he's 240. Two, two but, yeah, yeah but, 240. I mean, dude, Tennessee offense, they run two plays, deep throw, screen pass. That's it. Sometimes they mix it up with a slant. That's true. I mean, he ran a lot. So, I mean, another project guy, right? You can tell quarterback is like not his mainstay, but. I, I wrote down, I started my write-up with uh, start scouting Tennessee quarterbacks is great because you know exactly what you're getting. And you really only need two or three games to see if the dude is able to run the scheme or not. Correct. I watched the senior bowl and he looked like shit. <laughs> yeah. But he, his arm fucking rules. Dude, hundred miles an hour or nothing. That's it. Yeah. Ryan, my player comp for this guy, the quarterback from Tennessee was uh, a role Chapman, the fucking baseball player. Cause he's the, just throwing the closer that throws yeah. like 102. Yeah. <laughs> Because he just he doesn't loft the ball. It's a fucking rocket. Yeah, it's just straight, straight slice. Yeah, he's breaking fingers for sure. Oh yeah, and and like, but the the question is like, well, since the system is so specific, could he play something? You know, no. uh, that's that's regular. And yeah, the no. answer is no. You t- you take him out of tempo or you tape him out of schedule and he does not do well. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so then I guess let's wrap by ripping on uh, Spencer Rattler because he fucking sucks. <sighs> he sucks. So he, are, you telling, are you telling me this is not a good, great quarterback here? Uh, I'm telling you that I have two guys I really like. One guy I'm cool with. One guy that's like the favorite that I recognize is has more red flags than a fucking communist parade. But I'm not paying 103 for. <laughs> yeah, and and then a bunch I'll, of bullshit. I'll start watching these guys' stuff after Super Bowl. I need to go and watch Drake May again. Like I'm so on the fence because I'm like, what am I missing? Like I get his he's only played two years in college. I get he put four thousand yards up, but like when he plays games, I'm like, dude, I'm not like 
is this what Herbert looked like in college where everybody was like, he's fine, right? Well, Herbert was in Oregon, so he was playing in one of those spread systems. Yeah. Um, I, I had, yes. so for, for reference, I, last year I had Anthony Richardson's tape score at 85 and Will Levis's at 83. And so right around there is Bo Nix at 80, Penix at 87, Jordan Travis at 76. Um, I had Stroud as a 93. I have Drake May as a 90, Jaden Daniels at a 93. Uh, Bryce Young was a 95, and I have Caleb Williams at 97. I think that's accurate. I mean, like, the whole, like, Bryce hate is very revisionist, right? Like, I don't want to buy him in Dynasty, but I think everybody saying, like, he was going to bust from day one is, like, just fucking lying, right? Like, I I know... I offered Zachy 110 for Bryce Young, or 108 for Bryce Young, and he thought about it for like three days and was like, I just can't do it. Yeah, there's there there's still hope there. Um, but anybody who's like, dude, I know we were beating the drum for Stroud as like best QB, but like ultimately when it came down to draft time, we had Stroud below Bryce just based because we thought Houston was a death sentence, and everybody who says otherwise is just full of shit. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I definitely, uh, to answer your question, Ryan, I don't think it's a bad year for QB. I think this year is just the top end is so pristine. And then after that, you're just kind of like, whatever. And there, there's, there, there will be good value of people, but I don't think like there's no like definitive quote unquote generational talent in this class. I mean, I, I think sure. Caleb could be classified as that, but they the pathway to him busting is also very quickly approachable. Yeah. I, there's yeah. no, there's no like, yeah, there's no like Trevor Lawrence who everyone's just like, yep, this guy's ready to be a starting quarterback. I think, I think a lot of people feel that way about Caleb and I think the the issue is that he is ready to go, but he's still not a finished product. Yeah, and I'm and, just hoping that the finished product doesn't take away from his skill set. Right. Yeah, I don't want some fucking boner to, uh, like, ruin his make shit. Him, make him a pocket passer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, uh, I don't know. I feel like I've seen that recently somewhere. Um, and And so, I mean... We'll see. I, I think Caleb will probably have a disappointing first year. I mean, that's she, every... And she'll flashes. And, like, it, dude, like, Stroud is such an anomaly, right? It's like Justin Jefferson and Chase, where it's like, yeah, these are, like, quote-unquote blue-chip guys, but, like, the probability of those players, like, breaking fantasy in their rookie year is such an anomaly where, like, you do have to temper expectations of, you know what, maybe Marvin Harrison's not going to be a top-five wide receiver. You know what I mean? Like, hey, if he doesn't do it, it's okay. You know what I mean? As long as as long as he shows flashes, it's fine. Who would you rather have in Dynasty, Marvin Harrison Jr. or Puka Nakua? That's tough because, like, I very much look at things from a market perspective, right? Where like Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to have so much insulation compared to Puka, where Puka like there's all these what ifs about him, right? Like, system could change. He has injury history. We're like. Marvin Harrison Jr., I feel like you could have three years of him not doing anything and you can still maintain, like, getting 106 for him, right? Where, sure. Like, I don't know. I would trade, like, 104 for Puka, right? Like, I think I would take... So, this mock has Caleb, Marv, Jane Daniels, Drake May, Neighbors, 
Rome and Brock Bowers. I think I would take, um, I definitely would have Drake May lower, but I, I think I would take like 106 or 105 for Puka, right? Okay. I mean, that's as low as I would personally go, but sure. I'm also more conservative in that aspect of valuing the pick more than the player or the right to the pick than the player. Sure. And then before we take a trip, I do want to point out that Jordan Travis and JJ McCarthy, I have the exact same tape grade on. So fuck you, JJ McCarthy. Cop. All right. All right. So we've talked some quarterbacks, talked some Super Bowl, we've talked some guys, we talked some golf, we talked some insurance. Let's take a trip. All right, guys. So I thought about doing this week a town from one of the respective Super Bowl teams. But I couldn't remember if I had done San Francisco anymore. I felt like I did. So I just took a right to the east a little bit. And we're going to go to the Big Tomato, the City of Trees. Let's go to Sacktown. We're going to go to Sacramento this week. All right. The Big Sack. <laughs> the Big Sack. Hey, man, uh, big Sack King Dick. There it is. It's meant to Sac- be. That's right. That's right. Uh, Calif- uh, California. Sacramento uh, is the capital of California. But actually, their Supreme, the California Supreme Court is actually in San Francisco. Don't know why, but it's not in the capital like most state capital Supreme Courts tend to be. They hold every year one of the, it is, or it is the world's only non-swim triathlon. Instead of swimming, you kayak. So you do almost six miles of running, you do 12 and a half miles of biking, and then you do a little over six miles of kayak. Um, the world's only non-swim triathlon. Damn. There's a lot of uh, hipsters in this town. Uh, I found out that one of the, one of the words uh, that they use a lot is hella when they describe things. I don't know, Shane, if you can test to that at all. Yeah, it's I've cringe. Never to, it's it, it's I've annoying. I've never been to Sacramento. <laughs> there, there, it's for as much as like California is unified, there is a weird like civil war within North NorCal versus Southern California where I'm like, you guys talk funny. Okay. <laughs> Um, they, this town, uh, was built on a river and in 1862, they had like the worst flood ever on record. And it just made basically the entire valley into, uh, a flooded town. So they had to relocate the town to, um, higher ground to where Sacramento is now today. So there's said to be a lot of ghosts in this town because of all the people that died during that flood and the towns that got displaced. But now, just like any other river in the United States, it has its own dam system so they can control flooding now. And uh, that no longer is a problem. Um, It is one of the biggest farm to fork uh, capitals in the United States because they're um, located in the Sacramento Valley where uh, they grow a lot of the nation's produce. They have fresh stuff all the time uh, readily available. I think they have over like 40 farmer's markets in the city, something like that. And actually, uh, Sacramento and the Sacramento Valley grow 80% of not the United States supply of almonds, 80% of the world's supply of almonds. 
um, is grown in the Sacramento Valley. Um, so obviously the biggest um, almond producer, I don't know. I know, I know because I used to buy the smoked almonds, uh, blue diamond brand. They during during like the season when they're harvesting all these almonds, Blue Diamond does twelve million pounds processes them twelve million pounds a day. Damn, I'm not. They, I'm guessing harvest season is uh, in the fall, and they wonder why we're in a drought. Yeah, right. Maybe don't farm in a fucking desert. <laughs> Let's see. There are only three recorded counts of measurable snowfall in this city. It has a very um mild climate like i said it's in the central part of california in a valley and it gets i don't think it gets very cold there it's definitely not as cold as san francisco because the water in san francisco bay keeps that town kind of cool let's see what else we got about this town yeah oh the the arena that they have where um the sacramento kings play uh recently became the home is is now the nation's first entirely solar powered uh arena hell yeah damn that's i thought that was kind of cool that's awesome right they have a art museum that is it's called the crocker art museum it's the oldest art museum uh west of the mississippi it was made in 1885 this town was also a hub for people um going west during the california gold rush making their way out there and eventually making it up to alaska it was a big stop for that was this part of the lewis and clark expedition (laughs) i was waiting for that remember lewis and clark was on the missouri river so they ended up (laughs) north they were up in oregon they did not go through sacramento let's see so uh they also on top of almonds they grow uh, a lot of the nation's supply of rice in fact it is said that in any every sushi roll in America, there is rice from the Sacramento Valley. Nice. Um, in America, yeah, not in the world. Um, now, I did write down that that fact is according to the California Rice Commission, so it might be a little biased. <laughs> Big rice but... coming at us. <laughs> Big rice. <laughs> That's right. Seems like a really cool town. There's a lot of activities. You've got um, the you've got uh, Reno and Lake Tahoe to the uh, east of you. If you want to go out skiing or go to the lake, um, you've got um, what's that national park that's up there, Shane? Um, the one that Teddy Roosevelt found. Uh, Yosemite. Damn it! Or Yosemite. no, Yosemite's in Wyoming. Uh, this is the Grand Teton. It's in California. Um, anyway, it's, it it's where it's one of the it's one of Teddy Roosevelt's Watchboard, most famous national parks. The Yosemite? Uh, did I say Yosemite or no? You did. Oh, yeah, I think it's Yosemite. Yeah. No, I was thinking. Okay, yeah, it is Yosemite. It's I was thinking Yellowstone. Sorry, Shane. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Yellowstone is in Wyoming. Yeah, it is. It is uh, Yosemite. Um. All right, let's talk about some people that we got from this city, all right? Let's go. We've got former Olympian and uh, kids game show host Summer Sanders is from Sacramento. Goated. She's awesome. <laughs> right? We've got the founder of Tower Records, uh, Ross Solomon. There's actually um, a tower in the city of Sacramento that's named after him, too. Okay. How ironic that he names it Tower Records and has his own tower now. Shocking. 
Um, we've got fellow PGA golfers, uh, Nick Watney and Cameron Champ. I know you guys don't know who those are. Nope. Guys are, but I do. We do now. <laughs> yes. Um, let's see. Um, Daniel Descalso, uh, MLB player Aaron Judge from the MLB is from Sacramento. Cheater. Uh, yeah. Uh, Shane might know this. He's the catcher for the Angels. Max Stasi. There you go, Shane. Is from there. Huge yeah. Angels guy. Uh, <laughs> I love baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Rowdy Tejas, uh right now is on Milwaukee. He's a brewer. Um, he's a infielder slash outfielder. Uh, utility player is from here. Uh, we've got Eric Armstead from the 49ers. Hey, sure. And guess who we also have, who I mentioned earlier, who may catch a surprise touchdown. And maybe I'll go put a dollar down on a touchdown for this player. Mr. Ross Dwelly. <laughs> San Francisco. It's the Dwelly episode. We've got uh, Jessica Chastain. Uh, I don't know if she's won an Oscar, but she's she might have been nominated. Uh, she's from here. Uh, Brie Larson, actresses from here, from Marvel movies and other things like that. At a stint when Tom Hanks... During Tom Hanks' career, he was living in Sacramento, so that means that Colin Hanks is from Sacramento. Oh, okay. And Chet Hanks. Oh, yeah. Oh, probably his brother, too. Yeah. Molly Ringwald, actress, uh, 16 Candles, all those 80s films. We've got uh, one of my favorite comedians, uh, Brian Posehn. I know Tony likes him, too. Yeah, smoked weed with Uh, him. That's right. That's right. He's from Sacramento. Shaq Thompson, linebacker for Carolina from Sacramento. He's good. Um, Devontae Booker, running back for the Giants from Sacktown. Big Sack Energy. Former radio host uh, Don Imus. Oh, the racist guy. Yeah. (laughs) The the band The Deftones uh, was formed in Sacramento. Yeah. Yeah, not for me. We've... We've got uh, Reese Hoskins, uh, player for the Phillies, outfielder. Um, let's see. We've also got some football players that like did some really bad stuff too, uh, like Ray Carruth. Ray Carruth is from Oof. Sacramento. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't. I don't know if you guys know the story about that, but we don't need to get into it because it's really bad. He's a bad man. Uh, yes. Look it up on your own time if you want to know, because it's it's almost too bad to talk about. Yep. What else? Uh, yeah, Dante Stallworth too. Uh, DUI killed someone. Yeah, Dante Stallworth, Hubble Johnson. Hubble Johnson sucked. Yeah, if you want to feel bad about music, Ryan, you should listen to some Hobo Johnson. Don't, Hobo don't, Johnson, okay. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> you never sent us the video of the uh, the Amsterdam rapper that was humping oh, the ground. Oh, damn it. Damn it. All right, I, I will after this. I will we'll do, I'll, I'll do it when we sign off. Shane, um, you'll, have to, you'll have to make a, a shareable, like a TH Fantasy Spotify playlist that we can share for, like, hashtag user engagement. Sure. Because Death Grips is from Sacramento, so we could put some Death Grips on that shit. Oh, yeah. Um, that also means that Hella is from Sacramento. Um, yep. 
Ryan, you know how like Primus like is cool because they're an experimental rock band, but the lead instrument is bass. Right. Hella is awesome because they're an experimental rock band and their lead instrument is drums. Okay. Zach Hill is like the best drummer I've ever heard in my life. But they have a bassist and guitarist or it's yeah. just drum. Okay. Yeah, it's like an experimental noisy rock group, but it's just Okay. It's all fucking drums, man, and it rules. Zach Hill is the goat and he's also the drummer in Death Grips. So, yeah, that's those are two good bands. You see his penis on No No Deep Love Web. Yep, his just their album cover is just his penis. Wow. Um, People are so creative sometimes. <laughs> it does have the name. It does have the name of the album written on his penis in black sharpie. Oh shit! Okay, that makes it better. Um, Mark Twain. Shout out Mark Twain. Uh, he was born. He's born in Missouri. Uh, he's listed as from Sacramento because he like. Maybe lived maybe he lived maybe, yeah maybe he lived there because I was gonna say he, I've been to his his boyhood house it's in like Hannibal Missouri or something on the Mississippi fucking colonizer <laughs> hey, uh, let's listen, see we skipped over I forget uh, deplorable people Richard Chase that guy sucks oh. yep he's not an athlete he's just a psycho what about uh, we, uh, I forgot what? I forgot famous uh, mustache man Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott, dude. Yeah. Sometimes you eat the bar. Sometimes bar eats you. That's right, dude. Uh, um, did you know, Ryan, oh. th- that there's someone on that has a Wikipedia page on Sacramento that we saw live uh, this last summer? Really? Who? Yeah. Uh, Jonah Montranga sang for the band Far. And they're from Sacramento. More like Far. And, and he... Like he and our friends Sean and Sarah have like known each other for years, so he flew out for oh, their for her birthday and he performed in the backyard. Guy. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, pretty cool. I got one last. I got one last one. Um, and someone from me and Tony's childhood, uh, with the Bulls, the Honorable Mister Bill Cartwright is from Sacramento. God, he could not hit a free throw to save his fucking life, dude. <laughs> Mm-hmm. He's fucking terrible, but he's but got he three. Was on the team. He was on the team of all teams, though. He was the starting center, man. He's got three rings. Yeah. Yep. Um, I do want to so say that is. Oh yeah, we, go ahead. We oh, got. Yeah. You have some more. I want to point out they've got some sister cities, real quick. Oh, that's right. Okay. Uh, they actually what, have one. Uh, one is one of them has got to be from Japan. Oh yeah, uh, Matsuyama. Matsuyama, that's that's one of my favorite golfers, Hideki Matsuyama. Oh hell yeah! Uh, you know they got a couple. They got a couple good gets though. I'm not gonna lie. They got Manila in the Philippines. That's a huge get. Oh, that's a huge yeah. Um, like, and that might as well be London. I'm saying, <laughs> and then uh, they have Bethlehem in Palestine. Oh no! Not a good sister city right now. Yeah, for sure. I hope the people of Sacramento are standing in solidarity with the people of Palestine, but they're also have a sister, sister city solidarity. in, in, in yeah. Israel. So, <laughs> whoops. Um, yeah, that's that's it. Anything else for Sacramento before we go? No, I think that's all we got on Sacktown. Before we go, I, I want to just shout out. Um, on Tuesday, my grandpa passed. Uh, he was 102, and 
if you say that like hey you're gonna live to 102 and be surrounded by your loved ones when you die i think every single person would take that bet and be like yep perfect yeah. sounds great oh, yeah. um so i just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about him before we go um he was born in 1921 on chicago's south side and lived in or around the city for almost his entire life he was like the the dude you know, um, he would come over on Sundays and stay the night. He'd bring over a trunk full of groceries every week and watch football with us. Um, every Monday he'd leave and he'd leave me a little note telling me I was the man of the house and to take care of my mom and sister. Tell me he was proud of me. And that was like super huge for, for young me. Uh, he was a cat lover. He was a World War II vet. But most importantly, he was a friend to everyone. And literally until the day he died, he had like one of those like Livestrong style rubber rainbow bracelets that he got from Jewel Osco, a, far, a grocery store out here, to show his support for the LGBTQ community, which I thought was pretty rad. Hell yeah. He was uh, good, man. Good um, man. When I, I want to close with this. When he turned 90, my mom wanted to fly him to Arlington Cemetery for like a World War II vet trip. And he said no. He didn't know anyone that died fighting in that front since he was in Burma and India during his deployment. So my mom, in her infinite wisdom, found a museum that specifically focused on what he did while he was in the service. It's called the Silent Wings Museum in Lubbock, Texas. And he went in there swinging dicks, man. Like, (laughs) hey, hey, you know the whole reason for this museum? I'm part of that shit. And the curator was like, yeah. The curator was like, was you guys say, want... he, yeah, he freaked out. Yeah, he's like, you guys want to go in one? And I was like, hell yeah, dude. Um, he, he gave them some artifacts. There's a picture of us in the museum, and uh, I didn't realize it until later, but I was wearing a T-shirt that had a centaur jizzing on, on the shirt. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, and, and I told him about it afterwards, and he's like, eh, whatever. We were there. Um, while we were there, I was super excited to experience some Texas cuisine. And instead he chose all the restaurants cause it was his birthday. And we went to the following restaurants for dinner each night, Denny's, the Cracker Barrel and Arby's. And, wow. and that, that was, that was, uh, who he was in a nutshell. So rest hey, easy, man. Gramps. Cracker Barrel rules. All right. So <laughs> I, I still have, I have a picture. I've never been to a Cracker Barrel. In it's fact, fine. didn't they just close? Didn't they just close the one out here, Tony? The one on Randall? Or Did they had one on Randall. There's the only one I could think of. Yeah, is off at like eighty-eight. It was, it was, it was at like thirty-one and Randall or something like that. Or sorry, thirty-one and ninety. Maybe I don't know. I, I the Cracker Barrel is fine. We went there on tour once with our buds in this band, Dirty Bird, and like, there's so many pictures of like old photographs on the walls and it's like who are these people it's like if you've ever been on a log ride it's like that kind of decor but with like biscuits and and uh pancakes and grits and there's and there's a fucking gift shop in the front of the store it's yeah it's america it's america dude all right it is i just don't care for it it is that's if you go there you're gonna see someone's grandparents that's it feels funny. slightly. It, it also feels slightly racist too. I know I opened with Cracker Barrel rules, so I'm like, I'm gonna disconnect those two statements. So we, can't <laughs> clip, we can't clip that shit. But rest easy to our favorite viewer, Gramps yeah. Forever. Thanks, Grandpa. You were awesome. Uh, you you did good. You done good at the very even at the very end. He was stubborn. He's like, I'm getting out of bed, and we're like, you are hooked up to eight thousand tubes. And he's like, he but was, I want to get up. 
he was having some good conversation at your wedding. He Dude, was well, that's, very lively. On his last day, he he fucking flatlined when the they tried to do like a surgery. Long story, but like, and he just like came. He was flatlined for forty five seconds and then just like came back, and just like <laughs> hung out for I, a while. I ain't fucking done yet. All right. Well, oh and they God. and it bought time for me and my sister to get to the hospital, which is fucking sick. And uh, oh, shit. Well, they asked him all the questions because he was still 100% there. They're like, yo, if, if your shit goes down again, do you want us to bring you back? And he's like, nah, I'm good. And because his brain was there right up until the end. Like, I, he was trying to get out of bed. We're like, dude, you can't get up. And he's like, you don't have to tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hell yeah, King, go out your way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he plugged our podcast while in the hospital. So, go. Go that's right. Rest, he was telling easy. the nurses, wasn't he? Yep. That's that's my guy. My grandson so. has a podcast. <laughs> and and I'm just laughing. I'm like, bro, you have no idea how lame you're making me sound right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you don't so, gotta tell anybody, all right? Right. So uh thanks for hearing me out. Uh shout out to grandpa wherever you are. I hope it's filled with Big Ten football and uh frozen barrel. Jimmy Dean sausages. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um dude, that's a that's a good breakfast. I, I, <laughs> I hope they have a I hope they have a harbor freight up there for him. Oh dude, and he can use tools again. Man's been hoarding tools <laughs> since the 1950s and he's like when I go all this will be yours and I'm like are you saying that to me or the dumpster? <laughs> uh, um so all right, enjoy. You know what? Thanks for listening. Enjoy the Super Bowl. I hope uh hope you have a, a wonderful day and you get to see your friends and have dips and uh, you have good football. That's it. Hell so, yeah. We'll see you next week for some more shenanigans. Woo, we did it. Season's One over. Season Hell down. Yeah. One season down, guys. Only like 70 more to go. That's true. All right. Good, good night, everybody. Good night. Happy Super Bowl. Derek Carr.